to be astonished. It's that time again. Let's get started. From the Clatsop County Historical Society, an adventure in history with Matt Burns and Alana Quila. You should never be allowed to talk to people. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. And now, with today's adventure, it's Mac and Alana. Good evening, and welcome to the first day of October. We made it. It's fall. The rain came. The rain left. I, th I thought perhaps you were going to say from our new digs. Oh, we do. We're Since reporting from the basement. From, from the drunk tank. The drunk tank. <laughs> from behind bars. Behind bars. We are actually behind bars. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we're all we're all giggling. So, so some shows, well, during COVID, mm -hmm. I think most, if not all, programs on KMUN were recorded remotely. Yay, and we loved we, that. <laughs> and we were no different. And right. we, we were actually, we were going to disclose our location. We've never really disclosed it before. We record at the Heritage Museum. Yay. One of our favorite museums. It, well, of course. Of course. <laughs> goes, one, one of. It goes without saying. <laughs> but we used to be upstairs. Yes. Behind the wall in, in a <laughs> temporary exhibit space. Yes. But we kind of needed that space. So we have relocated. This is the first time we are now broadcasting live on tape. And we brought a guest. From the drunk tank. Who truly is the queen of hospitality. And we brought her to, <laughs> to the, the drunk tank. <laughs> we, we brought you to jail. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we have Tamara Roberts here. Thank you for coming and being our first guest. My pleasure to be in the drunk tank with you, Alana. Thank you. <laughs> for, for those... Words that I would never think that you and I would say together. <laughs> exactly. And now we have it on, on recorded. So. We do. Right. For those that don't understand, the Heritage Museum used to be the City Hall yep. in 1905. And in the basement was the police department, the Astoria yep. Police Department. Mm -hmm. And there are still remnants of the Astoria Police Department here in the basement, including yep. some isolation cells. There was a padded cell area. There including the, the bars. The chief's <laughs> office, the little area for armaments and yep. munitions. Oh, right. And then there yep. was a large square room that we've used for years as just artifact storage. And now we're, and now now we're artifacts storage. and then we're down here. <laughs> and this large square room was the drunk tank. It is a nice space. It is a nice space. It actually, it, it really is a good space for this yeah. with most of the artifacts against the wall where all the, the cots were, okay. where the men could sleep. But we've, we've covered over the drain that was in the center of the room so that the prisoners could just vomit and oh, it would, oh, and it would okay. go to the center yes. of the room. <laughs> so please, nobody get sick while we're on the okay. air. I'm just going to move us on to Let's the word. This is uh, old words, <laughs> historical words that are no longer in use, but we can bring them back. We're bringing them back. And this one is aquabib. Aquabib. Spell it, please. It's a please noun. Spell it. uh, it's, uh, it's spelled as it sounds. Aqua, A-Q-U-A, bib, B-I-B. That's one word. Aquabib. I think it's a swimsuit. Do you wear it? No. It's oh. a noun. It's a person. Oh. It's a, And it's a, yes. It's actually, it's a noun, but it, I think it's used more like an adjective. It's, mm. Is it ship related? It's a water drinker. A water drinker. Like Somebody Tamara and water. I, who brought our very large matching mugs <laughs> to the jail cell with us today, the drunk tank. And that would be an aquabib. So we are you, aquabibs. You are both aquabibs because you're drinking water. We are the, and the, the, the sentence they use is an office aquabib. There is always an office aquabib. A Somebody in the office drinking water. Who is always drinking water. 
I'll be darned. This is a good thing. Yeah. Albeit mine is iced tea today. Oh, so. there we go. <laughs> but I love the mug. Same same mug. They, they are matching mugs, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. That I feel like I didn't get the memo. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you did not. We'll send you one next time. <laughs> next time I'm going to show up with that, and you're going to show up with different ones. <laughs> There'll be different True. colored ones. <laughs> so, all right. Um, shall we? Actually, I have yes. two things to plug because oh, we're yes. coming up Fun towards the end of the too. month here. Mm-hmm. But uh, Vampira, the very first Vampira, graduated from Astoria High School back in like 42. So we were doing it at the Liberty Theater. There's actually a biography that her niece wrote about her. It's been out for a year or two. It's a pretty good read. Um, but she will be here, and we're going to show Plan 9 from Outer Space. I love that. <laughs> the Ed Wood movie that she was in that was perhaps the worst movie ever, I think is the, uh, the, the way it's celebrated. And we're going to have a vampire event at the Liberty Theater, October 27th, Friday night. I love it. Doors open at 6. The program will start at 7. You have some Q&A with, with Denise. We'll show the movie. We'll have a good time. There may be some impersonators dressed like Vampyra. If you want to dress like Vampyra, you can dress like Vampyra and come. If you want It'll to dress fun. like Vampyra, you can. I will not be dressed like <laughs> Vampyra. I don't have the waist. Yes. <laughs> she had a very skinny waist. Yes. And we do have a podcast on KMUM.org where, where we, we talk- talked about her connection to Astoria. And it's fascinating. So fun. It would be a great prep before you go to see her niece. And, and actually, our curator is working on a little walking tour. We'll oh, have a little fun. handout where you can look at all the sites Smart. that she talks about. Okay. Well, great. All the things that impact her. So that's at the Liberty Theater. It'll be free. Uh, we always accept donations. Vampire event. And we are doing this with the Astoria International Film Festival. Wonderful. We're, we're teaming up. We're partners. Good. Uh, and then that Sunday, October 29th, we'll be talking tombstones. Oh, I love it. So more information to come on that. Okay. It's always you, the last Sunday in October. Which means you don't have a cemetery yet? We do. Oh, you do, but you're... We okay. don't have all the characters or actors yet. Deep tease. Okay. We're, we're still He's in our research phase. withholding the information. We're in our research phase. Got it. We got it because we pick great characters and you we do. discover they're five feet from each other and you can only do one of those right. at that yeah. point. So okay. you got to spread them out. That's good. Okay. All right. So let's get to... Because this is going to be a good show. So let's yes. get right to it. Uh, this day. These are the uh, things that happen tomorrow, October 2nd. So as always, these are icebreakers, conversation starters. Uh, perhaps winning bar bets or winning yeah. Jeopardy. Something to talk about with the Aquabib in your office. That's right. Uh, so October 2nd, 1835, the first shots of the Texas Revolution are fired in the Battle of Gonzales. 1902, Beatrix Potter's The Tale of Peter Rabbit is published. Oh, I love that. Uh, did we ever read it? Well, yes. Okay. Back in the day. Yes. <laughs> See, I was thinking... <laughs> in a while. <laughs> I, I kind of think perhaps like my mother or father read it to me, but I don't really remember it very well. All right, uh, 1919, Woodrow Wilson suffers a stroke hmm. and realistically making his wife the first uh, female president of the United States oh. because for like six months, nobody could see him but her. And people would bring things and she'd say, oh, let me go ask the president what we want to do. And she'd go in and then she'd come out and say, okay, he wants us to do this, this, and this, or he went ahead and signed this. And she was really running the country at that right. point. Yeah. So they didn't put... The vice president in no, because okay. nobody knew how bad it was. Oh, okay. Interesting. People, Ooh, I love like that. Oh, per- I gotta read. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'll learn more about her. Yeah. So the doctor and and uh, Mrs. Wilson were in cahoots okay. and protecting. Like, oh, he's he just doesn't want to see anybody. He's a little tired right now. We'll take it in. We'll discuss it with him. Sure. So uh, it's kind of like that movie Dave. <laughs> if you've ever seen it. Okay. Uh, let's see. 1941 Germans launch attack on Moscow with friends like that. Hey. Uh, 1935, oh, I went out of order here. Um, 1935, Mussolini's Italian army attacks Ethiopia. Hmm. 
Way to beat up on a... I know. I mean, they're they're fighting with spears and you're rolling tanks towards them. Okay. uh, 1950, the first strip of Charlie Brown, later called Peanuts. It was originally called Little Folks. Oh, interesting. By Charles M. Schultz. is published in seven nationwide newspapers. How fun. Wow, that went on a long time. It did. (laughs) It did. Wow. And it still kind of holds up, I Mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. It does. All right. Uh, 1959, speaking of still holds up, Rod Serling's Twilight Zone premieres on CBS. Fun. I loved Rod Serling's Twilight Zone. Okay. I didn't love it, but <laughs> it was very unique and very creative. I will I will it, give you that. It was. It was. All right. Uh, this one's just for you, Alana. 1965 Gatorade is invented at? The University of Florida, <laughs> which is not where I went to college, but we knew about it. You went to Florida State? No. no. Oh, my to, goodness, Mac. I just know it's Florida. I've trained you well. University of Miami. Miami. Okay. The same. It's all Florida. But I love this story. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go off here though. Okay. So this was 1965. So it was early in the summer, and the University of Florida football coach met a group of scientists on that campus because he wanted to determine why so many of their players were so negatively affected by the heat. Right? Huge. So they're coming yeah. from all over the country. They're in the middle of Florida. It's swamp land. It's hot. <laughs> it's gonna be Humid. hot through October, November, right through almost all of football season. Um, and he wanted to replace bodily fluids lost during physical exertions. And it was a doctor, Dr. James Robert Cade, and his team of researchers um, that created the now uh, sports drink. And they developed the drink that contained salts and sugars that could be absorbed more quickly. So uh, I think it's also kind of cool because it was their drink, not the university's. Mm. And so oh. that team got the money from it. Oh, did they? And, they? and they made millions and they created some foundations out of the royalties. What, what was wow. the first flavor? Ooh, Ooh I don't know that. I want to say it would have either been the lemon lime I or would, the orange, but I hate I, the orange. I bet it's one of those, right? Yeah. I hope it, I want it to be the orange. I want it to be the lemon lime. <laughs> I think it. Yeah, I, I'm I bet it's the lemon lime. Yeah, would be my guess. So we'll have to research yeah, that. There's my out. sidebar. Sidebar. That was a good <laughs> sidebar. Uh, 1967. This is almost going to be my history highlight of the day. Thurgood Marshall uh, sworn is the first Black Supreme Court justice. He's done so much. It was a pretty yeah. good movie too that I saw about that. Um, all right, 1970, though. This one's just for me. 14 members of the Wichita State University football team, as well as 17 administrators and supporters, are killed in a plane mm-hmm. crash in the Rocky Mountains. 1970. Now, I have a master's degree from Wichita State University, yeah. and I went there. I attended there in, uh, let's see, 2005, six, and seven. And there was still a giant football stadium that was just rusting because that's <sighs> killed the football program. Because oh. it was most of the team, oh. and everybody was heartbroken, so they never like restarted the program. Right. And the stadium was just sitting there rotting. Oh. And like I didn't know this story when I got there. I said, what's the deal with the football stadium? <gasps> Ooh, don't ask. Oh, my. Yeah. That's, oh, that's... I don't know if the stadium's still there or not. Because yeah. it seems like bulldoze it and do something with right. it. Right. It's gonna... valuable land. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 1982. The Portland building, designed by Michael Graves, is considered the first postmodern building is open in Portland, Oregon. The I, por- didn't, I didn't know it was significant. Yeah. yeah, I had to go online to look at it. <laughs> I couldn't picture which building it is. Uh, 1984, Papa John's Pizza is founded in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but our history highlight of the day, and uh, like I said, it was a tough one between uh, Thurgood Marshall. and Marshall. Mm-hmm. But 1942, World War II... The uh, British Royal Navy boards the floundering German U-boat U-559, retrieving abandoned Enigma code machine before it sinks. Two British sailors go down with the sub. 
So this is the code, mm-hmm. yep. and this allowed us for the rest of the war. The British could read all the secret messages the Germans were sending. It's amazing. The Germans never knew it. Right. So it had a huge impact. It did. So that's why I picked that one over over Marshall. Yeah. It was a tough that's decision. Good. Yep. Both mm-hmm. both very powerful. All right. As is the woman that what we have as our guest tonight. Good so segue. That is. Um, I've known Tamara for several years. Worked with her. She is currently the vice chair on the Providence Seaside Hospital Foundation Board, but she does so many things. Very involved in the community, in the hospitality industry. Um, so thank you for taking some time My to be with us today. To come and hang out with you two behind bars. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so hospital and hospitality. So they go well together. They, they do. They do go. I want to. I want to hear how they go well together, but. But what's your background? Where'd you come from? Where'd you grow up? I had the great fortune to grow up in Southern Oregon, Jackson County area around Medford mm-hmm. uh, for most of my first 25 years. There was a couple years in California, but they don't really count. <laughs> um, so I grew up in Southern Oregon where my mom had grown up and spent a little bit of time in college and then I was 28, 29 and my aunt and uncle were living in Seaside pastoring. And they'd been there just a little bit. And he called me one evening and said, what are you doing in Florence? And I said, we're working. <laughs> and he asked me to come up and get involved in the church and work with kids and youth. And so came up a couple weekends later and looked around and thought, prayed about it. Felt like this would be a, a great place to be. And then came up and interviewed on a different weekend for a job. I think I only had one interview was offered the position, happened to be with Martin North in Cana Beach. Back then it was Steve Martin Management Company. And fortunately, they hired me. And so in 1993 in May, had the great pleasure of moving to this county and have been here ever since. Okay, a lot of things there to that hit. Is. That's <laughs> so. quite a move. It was. I mean, it's been a great move. landlocked to, well, Florence, yeah. Yeah, I'd been in Florence for just a little bit. Okay. But Mostly in London, Southern Oregon. And what did you go to college for that you thought you were going to do when you were going to school? You know, I didn't take a college class until the day of my 25th birthday. Mm-hmm. I thought that I was going to be maybe uh, getting a Bible degree. After a couple of years, I thought, that's a lot of bills still, and came back <laughs> down to my parents down in uh, Reedsport, Florence area, and spent a couple of years working before I got that phone call inviting me to come up to you. And what church was it, and, and was he? how long did he stay there? Uh, he was there just about 25 years, Seaside Assembly of God uh, mm-hmm. downtown. Okay. And uh, I'm still a member there, and not teaching at this time, but still involved. I and, love uh, that. And then the hospitality and the hospital, and had the opportunity to be asked to uh, work with the hospital foundation and be a board member there. And I'm fortunate that the company that I work for continues to be a sponsor and involved in Festival of Trees uh, yeah. and spend a lot of time with Alana in <laughs> early December at Festival of Trees. Pre- preparing for Festival of Trees. Yes. yes. Um, so. Well, I love, I love that you're still going to the church. Mm-hmm. That's a, a wonderful story. Um, and also with the same company because the company's mm-hmm. not exactly the same anymore. I mean, maybe it feels the same or... But it has changed. We've had some changes, certainly. Our founders have passed, and our Stephanie and husband Ryan are now running and owning the company. And, you know, we've, I think at one time we had 
12 or 13 different properties that we owned and managed. And then at the end of 2000, that kind of changed. We sold some and gave up the management on some, kind of focused on what do we own in Cannon Beach and what's oceanfront, and have continued to have that focus. Uh, and so fortunately, 30 years this past made us still, I am so fortunate to, to still be with them. And to get, I get to work with amazing people. Right. Amazing people. So what, what is the name of the company now? And, and be a little more specific without giving addresses, but what exactly does the company manage? So it is Martin North at this time. And we have Public Coast Brewing and Public Coast Farm over in Banks. Oh, interesting. And I want to learn about that and one. And then we have the Stephanie Inn also in Cannon Beach. Lovely. So so idyllic, right? I mean, um, but the, the pub, I didn't realize that. I should have known that, of, of yeah. course. Um, and then, of course, I've, I've seen that farm. So what, what do you do with the farm? Does anyone get to go there? Well, we or do had, you just drive by it? I mean, I drive by it often. And We had farm stand on Saturday and Sundays this summer for seven or eight different weekends. We might do it a little bit more next week or okay. next year, excuse me. Uh, we've got eight, nine acres of blueberries. The blueberries are mm. so good. And we do some you pick as well as some commercial. I didn't like blueberries until I could go and get them that fresh. Right. We have honey hives, and so we have blueberry honey. We have a 3,000-square-foot greenhouse where we're growing heirloom tomatoes, different peppers, microgreens. Every yeah. day, some of those products are on the menus of both restaurants. Mm-hmm. I love it. It is just amazing. And I think we're growing some hops in the old runway because that used to be the yep. old Apple Valley Airport oh, runway. Gosh. And so we're, I think they're calling them um, runway hops. Oh, okay. <laughs> so growing some hops to That's support perfect. a little bit of beer brewing that takes place in Cannon Beach as well. Oh, fun. So go ahead. And is there excess or is it strictly for your own other... Other restaurants and properties, or do you sell it to the public, to outlets, to co-ops? During the summertime, definitely some of that was showing up in some markets. I think mm. maybe in Fresh Foods in Cannon Beach. Some others that we worked with over in the Portland area. Mm. Uh, and then through the far s- farm stand, we were selling as well. Okay. Having some live music, having some fun, go <sighs> hang out. I mean, it was just amazing. And so summer. farm stand is there in Manning. It is. Or in North Plains. Yep. North Plains, Manning area. Okay. And How fun. likely we'll be back up and running again next summer and hanging out. Yeah. So um, talk a little bit about um, your draw to be involved in the community. Because you can be in hospitality, certainly, because there are plenty of hours, I'm sure, that fill your weeks. <laughs> but what draws you to connecting with the community, your church, hospital, anything else? Wow. That's a lot to think about. Um, it's a, it's an amazing community, and truthfully, why not be involved if you have that opportunity? I don't think that I was too involved until that initial first call for the foundation, and I think that kind of helped to open up some other opportunities uh, with different other organizations, certainly through church, whether it was teaching children or youth, uh, always an opportunity to do that. Um, and I finally, this last uh, 10, 11 years, have a nephew living in town. And so I finally get to attend the football games and attend the school events and rub elbows with my coworkers and their kids at events around the community. And that sent, it really is such a community. It's so much fun to just go and see people that you know and run into Alana or whoever it might be 
at these different events, whether it's school or church, or maybe we're fundraising or doing something to support the Rotary and their events. There's a lot that happens in our county. You only touched on a couple of tiny pieces of it. There's so much that goes on. Yes. Selfishly, your your tiny pieces. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> yes. It is all about me and the historical it, side. Well, of yes. course. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. But what would you have thought, I mean, looking back, you know, to the, the young woman that came out here for that first weekend, um, do you think looking back she would have realized that you would be this connected or even stay here? I mean, could you vision, envision then that you would stay? I don't know that I have ever thought, okay, in five years I'll do this. Or in 10 years, this is where I'll be. Sometimes I will joke and say, when I grow up, I'll figure out what I'm going to do. <laughs> I, I, do I, did I imagine 30 years later still being here? No, but I didn't not imagine it, Yeah, so to speak. Um, my parents moved here and joined me 23 years ago. My father's health was not good, and he has forced to retire early. And so that did make me buy a home, <laughs> and they lived with me. Uh, and only my mother just this last year moved out and is in assisted living, but three-tenths of a mile down the road, which is just such a blessing to Thank have you. her so close. I don't know that I, I probably now might think, yes, I'd like to just stay here. The house is paid for. Let's not do anything to make a mess of that and just continue to be here. I, I can't imagine leaving. I wouldn't want to leave. That's good. But did I think even 20 years ago that I would still be here? Probably not. Yeah, I love that. I love when people decide to stay. So oh. besides working and all the volunteering, what else keeps you here? What What do you enjoy about this region? What do you like to do besides those things? Well, I do enjoy the sound of the rain on the roof, especially at night when I'm trying getting to sleep. Um, I, it, it's beautiful here. One of the things I've had the remarkable pleasure through my work to have done a number of times over the years is to bring in J-1 visa students that have worked for us. That's a big hospitality thing. And we were one of the first. Hallmark started before us. And now there is a plethora of that happening on the North Coast, which is great. And it was always so much fun to me to set up those connections with those students, pick them up at the Portland airport, they're exhausted. They get in my car or the van and they fall asleep as we're coming over here. But they would always wake up as I'd come over the coast range and they'd go, it's really green here. And I go, that's because it rains a lot. <laughs> yes. And to have that opportunity to share with students who have maybe never been out of their country and show them our neck of the woods and to have them fall in love and to make connections my first students were in 2010, and I'm still in connection with some of them. Mm. Um, and those first ones were uh, five guys from Turkey, and I thought, boy, I'm, I'm going to be great, and I'm going to take them up to Fort Clatsop and show them around and a few other things at Fort Stevens. And here I am talking to them about 220-some years ago, and finally one of them looked at me and said, Tamara, we got buildings in our towns that are a thousand years old. You don't have any history here. <laughs> You're right. I don't, we don't. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> Just to decide to put it in perspective. But so, yeah, looking back over all these years in hospitality, how has it changed and what is the same? Well, even? certainly the technology has changed. 
you know, Let's even go. just how we take reservations and do things. And mm-hmm. you can go online right now and make a reservation at the Stephanie Inn for dinner or to stay. Those things have certainly blown up. A lot of how we do, and I'm in HR, and how we onboard new employees. I don't have to do much paperwork anymore, and I kind of like that. Yeah. It's mainly all online now. I think that our guests come from so far now, more the, more so than even before. Oh, interesting. I mean, we have the Pacific Rim people that come, Germany, wherever it might be, they know our area, they know Cannon Beach, Mm. they know the North Coast, Mm. and to have them come, I think is a little bit of a change. I think exponentially how many of them come has changed. Mm. Oh, interesting. Um, I'm not sure that I can think of anything else at the moment that's changed. So when you said you're you're the head of the HR, how many employees does the company actually employ? Right now we're about 122, 123. Wow. So, and that's kind of on the small side compared to what it had been in years past mm-hmm. when we had a little bit more. So okay. kind of enjoying the smaller size <laughs> and not feeling quite so, uh, not quite so busy. But and I know to some extent we're all sick to death of hearing about COVID, but how, mm-hmm. how did COVID affect your business? I think yeah. much as it did so many others, you know, that complete closure for such a long period of time and people not working. And now we're all still trying to fill in some of those gaps that we're still, because there's so many opportunities now for people to work from home. So they're not in our hotels or in our restaurants or in our retail businesses like they used to be. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. Um, and when it comes to the workforce, um, I love that you are able to bring in people from other countries. How does that work? And then they, what do they learn from that experience? Well, te- uh, to be honest, technically, we're not bringing them in. Got I it. don't have as much seasonality in my businesses now as we did in years past. Because um, you're all year long. Because yeah. we're, we're busy yeah. all year long. The tour season never ends yeah. anymore. It, it <laughs> doesn't. Uh, but for those that do, um, what a, a great opportunity to just open up our doors and let others from other cultures and to experience their culture. And to learn about them. Right. Um, I Just amazing opportunity to engage with those kids that I never would have had. I don't have a passport. I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. <laughs> I leave the county occasionally. But to learn more about their culture through them, with them here, and to see our, our county, our state through their eyes is always fun. You know, that's something I, 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 I like because I experience that too, where mm-hmm. we all take the Flavel House for granted or something like that. But to see a visitor talk about our town mm-hmm. or our county and talk about, oh, they just came from Cannon Beach and they went to Cola State Park or something like that and hear the excitement. And, you know, because we live here, we take it for granted all too often and we don't realize what an amazing place this is and that people that visit here fall in love with it. We all need to remember to be tourists in our own area. It's true. And, s- and sometimes we don't. Even if it's just to go down to the beach and, and roast some marshmallows for a bonfire, or as you say, go to the Flavelle House, wherever it might be. I think sometimes, and I do this at 30 years, I forget what it is to be a tourist where I live and to enjoy it as much as yeah. I should. That's, that's, that's great. I love, I love ending on that, too. It sounds cool. like this will keep you here. So we've already covered that question of, of, as to what will keep you here. But we can do one final plug for Festival of Trees, which we Tamara can. will work hard on, and I will assist her as best I can. But it is always the first Saturday in December. December. So this year, that is December 2nd. What's well, the first Saturday? The first December Saturday. <laughs> yes. 
Um, there's a, a public event open in the morning from 10 to 1 or 10 to 2. two. Um, that's free. You can look at all the trees. Santa's there. Mrs. Claus. And come. Bring your children. Yes. Enjoy the story time. Take some pictures with Santa. See the trees. Make Enjoy. some ornaments. Oh, it's have so a blast. Fun. Yes. And then that evening you could buy tickets in advance because it in does advance. sell out. $150 a ticket. Um, all proceeds do benefit Providence Eastside Hospital Foundation, which all of their monies goes right back into research, medical, um, health care, and then health and wellness right here for our community. Indeed. All right. Go make some history. Thanks for listening, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you for our being here, Tamara. My pleasure. broadcast from the Drunk Tank. <laughs> Catch you next week. Thank you for joining us for An Adventure in History. An Adventure in History is created and produced by the Clatsop County Historical Society and brought to you by KMUN.